0: My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for just January. We're just going to call this the January podcast. As I said, I'm Tom Chick, and my game of the week, nay, of the month, is not a few acres of snow.
1: My name is Brandon Kikowski schnell and my game of the week is not Don't Starve. My name is Nick Diamond,
2: and my game of the week is not Robinson Crusoe.
3: And I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not, well, hell,
0: we'll say Mac. Why not? It's not what? Did you just say Mac? Mac. The
3: Mac, Oh, Mac.
0: Oh, Mac.
1: <laughs> like Nick Mac Paddywhack. Give a dog a bone.
0: I knew Ugh. that sooner or later it was going to happen that I felt left out for not having a PS3. PS4, I mean. I knew it was going to happen sooner or later. Uh, I
3: don't for, have for, one. Uh, either. Well, that's, that's why it's, why it's not <laughs> <laughs> Good
0: point. <laughs> I have an Xbox One. So, uh, so it's, it's January, and that means a couple things. One of the things it means, and I hope everyone's holding up pretty well, it's been difficult for me, uh, is that it's really cold. Um, oh, yeah, no, everybody loves Californians in these situations, by the way, so just go
3: on and dig. It's what
0: are you talking about? McMaster, I, it has gotten down, no, seriously, inside the house. I'm not talking about going outdoors. Inside the house, at nighttime, it gets down to like 65 out here, I and mean, I don't know if you know what that's like, but like, I, I sometimes feel like I should wear socks, and I just I, it's, it's really been difficult, so I hope everyone else is, is weathering this as well.
3: Well, yeah, eight, after eight years in Ohio, I moved to the south, and then it went single damn digits in the winter here, so.
0: I don't I'm understand. You're cursing just God. Yeah, I don't understand that math, Mark Master. I have no idea. Single digit temperatures?
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it was it six on th- Tuesday.
0: You
3: didn't always live in L.A., didn't it get cold in Hooterville or wherever the hell you're from?
0: <laughs> in <laughs>
1: Arkansas? <laughs>
0: Not, uh, I don't. Not that I can recall. I've wiped that from my mind uh, because it must have been so traumatic. Uh, six degrees? Isn't that the temperature on like Pluto? How Very close. Yeah. Dog,
1: Pluto's yeah. more like Pluto's around two, one degree typically. <laughs> you know,
0: so sunny days. Yeah, yeah. Five. Well, I guess nice. my question to you guys is, why the heck don't you move?
1: Well, it's not typically six in Atlanta. That's a bit of a Okay. That's a bit of an aberration, just from time yeah.
0: time. Well, you know, what? just there's plenty of room out here in California. You guys should consider it. I just want to throw that out there.
1: You're not in Atlanta. Yeah, I'll get right on that. Huh? You're not in Atlanta. Well, I'm north of Atlanta.
0: Well, you're quite north of Atlanta. All right. Uh, oh, is this a regional like, a, a regional squabble here? Like, like McMaster thinks that you don't qualify for saying for for laying claim to Atlanta. Well, you're too far If I
1: say it. I live in if I live in Cumming, I don't think anybody's going to know what I'm talking about.
0: I didn't so. know you lived in Georgia. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. McMaster's now calling into question the entire state oh, huh. claim. Well well yes. now,
3: I don't live that far from you, never mind.
0: <laughs> I thought well, you lived up in like
3: Wisconsin or something.
1: No, no. I'm on the I'm on, you know, the left coast. I'm on the, the I'm on the coast. I don't none of that middle Is it, of the fly or country
0: place. Yeah.
1: It's not enough yeah. for me.
0: Well that means you guys could like hang out and play board games and stuff. No, oh, we're not going to, but yeah, that means that.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I guess if I played board games, me and you
0: have Nick, to, you have to... me and Nick live on the same coast, so we could theoretically do that. Because Nick, you're right there on the Pacific, like me. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I would die uh, well, to what? What wouldn't I give to play a good board game?
0: I think you guys are pulling my leg. You're going to be, you guys are going to be getting an earful in a little bit. But, uh, first, let me explain what we're doing today because this is the January podcast. The second thing that January means, aside from the fact that sometimes you have to wear socks, uh, is that it's a gr- no new games come out in January for the most part. Uh, go ahead, I'm sure send me email about whatever little indie ditty is coming out. Uh, a oh, banner saga, I think that comes out in January. But for the most part, there's no new games coming out. Furthermore, All of these great games that you didn't get time to play in December or November or whatever because of holidays or just because there were other things to play, now you have a whole month to sit down and play that stuff. So this podcast is about what we're going to do with our awesome, wide-open Januaries without being bugged by new releases and new console systems and stuff. Um, So before I drag down the whole podcast by talking about Nerdy Man board games, because by golly, you guys are... I'm telling you, you're going to get a huge earful. Uh, why don't we start with Nick? Nick, tell us a bit about what your January is going to look like. How can we maybe help you through January? Uh, do you need any recommendations or anything? What's in store for you this month?
2: Wow. Uh, well, you're going to love this one, Tom, because it's uh, it's. I'm actually alternating through three games.
0: Okay, that's <laughs> so It's good for that. That's a perfect month to do that.
2: Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, none of them
0: are completed. Oh, you're doing all that early access nonsense. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a I, I sucker. I know how much you love that. Well, bless your heart for supporting the indies uh, in the industry that way. So uh, why don't you walk us through what three you're, you're alternating among? Uh, that would be Daisy, Rust, and Seven Days to Dot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Rust>? Per- yeah. <laughs> Very different kinds of games, aren't they? That's uh, <laughs> that's quite a spread. That's like how many, almost how many exactly what you, I've been playing.
1: How many times have you been forced to drink bleach while in your underwear? <laughs> <laughs> like, like just the, obviously, I'm assuming that the count is too high. So, I just a rough number.
0: Uh, I don't know about bleach, but I've definitely been force fed rotten food. Mm-hmm. So you have been. Mm-hmm. This is not an urban legend thing. You have actually been force fed rotten food in one of these games, Nick.
2: Oh yeah, yeah yeah, it's it's very easy. It's very common in Daisy in fact. In
1: Daisy or in Rust. Uh
2: Daisy. Daisy more than Rust. Uh, yeah, Daisy. Uh, Daisy one of the one of the default um selections that comes up when you hold a piece of food and look at another person is force feed.
3: <laughs> By the way, that is possibly the best video game command. <laughs>
1: It's just...
3: I want that in every right. game I play from now on. NBA 2K, I want a force feed. Force, force feed.
1: <laughs> Take the rock to the hall.
0: That's a whole new meaning to <laughs>
3: It really is.
0: <laughs> well, Nick, what's, what's possessed you to to subject yourself to this sort of treatment?
2: I, I just want to know what the deal is with these games. Why are they so doggone popular right now? Huh? I mean... Wow. Yeah. These games have come out, and people are spending a ton of money on them they 're not done they 're really rough and as far as I can tell, all three of them are actually all of them the you 've got dead linger nether um, uh, of course infestation survivor stories, which is the horrible rip off of daisy uh, <laughs> like they're they 're all based around this idea of you know be the largest dick you can be in the game, and just screw as many people over as possible.
3: (laughs) Finger blast before you get finger blasted. (laughs)
0: Uh, It sounds a bit like what McMaster wrote about, about the early days of EverQuest. Like, this is kind of maybe a return to this this open frontier, this Wild West mentality of online worlds, where there's nothing enforcing... uh, Friendly cooperative behavior there's no there's not even that much gameplay engineering it's just throw people in let them do what they want uh, you don't even you don't appeal to the angels of their better nature or anything just let this sort of uh, what was it Rousseau this idea that uh, no that's the noble savage that doesn't apply but just basically let people uh, eat each other basically <laughs> and destroy each other and kill each other
3: well you know I think the thing is is that well, like I wrote uh, in my my piece uh, it's like everything is so predictable now uh everything is so scripted there's all these boundaries and all these complex rules but there's no like real surprise in anything uh and i think that's what people are looking for like specifically with rust and daisy as uh you're just like dropped in this huge area and uh you can do whatever you like
0: and And other people uh,
3: will do whatever they like to you as well Exactly. So it's this this whole, I don't know, you know, you can't really predict what the hell is going to happen in this
0: game. Uh, Nick, break down for us briefly the, the distinction among the three, because those are the three you're playing. I think you said uh, Day Z, Rust, and Seven Days Seven to days, Die? Seven yeah. Yeah. Days, yeah. So Nick, break down for us briefly, like what, uh, if you were just telling a layman, uh, we know the basic conceit, McMaster just kind of described it. Uh, if you were talking to a layman about these three games, uh, break down for us briefly the difference between the three of them.
2: Uh, the, the largest difference is probably the player count. So DayZ uh, currently is the top. Um, so if you oh, want to yeah. get into games that have uh, the potential for the most chaos, uh, the most you know, count of people just running around acting crazy, Daisy is going to be your game. Um, Rust, uh, probably the first thing you're going to notice about Rust is there's a lot of penises. <laughs> <They're going. laughs> Ooh, that's the first thing i notice
3: about uh any game if they're present usually it's like wow you don't
2: see
0: that often now by that do you mean it's like a, when somebody goes to a party and says what a sausage fest because it's all dudes well
2: there is that but additionally there's the fact that um in rust you start naked oh
0: that kind of uh, a lot of male so genetic.
2: yeah there is just tons and tons of wang in Rust. And Chung. Yeah. <laughs> um, Seven Days to Die is is sort of the... I think it's kind
1: <laughs> the of the... out penis heavy.
2: Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it has the least amount of penis. It's sort of out way. there, because I, I think the first thing that strikes you with Seven Days to Die is the <laughs> uh, art style. I guess See how awful it looks? <laughs> it's like a it, worst uh, looking game. <laughs> It's a little rough. I I will oh, yeah. say this. It's a little rough. It's it's if you can imagine Minecraft um on the cheap and then, you know, combined with uh a lot of Unity 3D assets.
3: Hmm. Yeah. You know? Like without all that uh classy, I don't know, art direction.
2: Yeah, it, it, it it's a little rough. However, I will say that 7 Days to Die at this point in those game's alpha process uh, is probably the furthest along to actually yeah. being a game with goals and uh, pacing. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that the one you find yourself gravitating towards when it, when you sit down to play one? Is it just because there's
2: there's actually things to do and the it's weird in, in these games the zombie threat means almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, except for seven days to die. Seven days to die. Actually, um, the zombies, uh, actually become scary at night. They, they start to swarm up and they hoard in and they'll bust through structures and, and they'll, and they'll kill you. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a zombie kill anybody in the other two games.
0: Uh, and when, uh, as far as like all oh, oh, none of these is finished they're all early access uh you basically So what, just- is,
1: what does that mean? Do you pay less to play early access and then you just get the full game or do you pay the full price and you just get it now?
2: Uh it it means that you pay the uh usually the full price now and you get in to play. However there's there's the Steam sale <laughs> that just happened uh caused a little bit of a controversy I think because there were quite a few early access games that people paid to get in on early access and the developers said and and this isn't just the survival genre that I'm talking about. I'm talking about things like Prison Architect and whatnot, where the developers said, Look, we're gonna do early access. We're not gonna give a discount for early access because we want, you know, people to you know, be serious about it, to get in there and really play it, wanna be in there and help, you know, build a game. The Steam sale happened, and a bunch of these early access games went on Steam sale. <laughs> and so uh, there were a lot of customers of these games that, you know, kind of felt gypped.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, and when you're playing, do things like being forced to drink bleach? Like you said, you've been force-fed uh, food. Uh, do other terrible things happen to you at the hands of other people?
2: Do you have any oh, anecdotes yeah, oh, for us? Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. Uh, for example, in Rust, it's... They, they've got an issue right now with uh, doors. Uh, there's no door sharing, so it's it's very easy to build a structure, lure someone into it, and then lock them in. Um, oh, <laughs> and that forever. is how people troll you. Like uh, They'll get newbies to go into these empty buildings and then just lock them in. And Well, what are you going to do now? Because the way these, uh, at least Daisy and Star, is your character is persistent, so if you log off and then log back in... Well, you just log back in to the empty shack.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of a fun trick I like to do with McMaster. When when we're driving somewhere uh, and I pull up to pick him up, when he reaches out to open the door, I lock it. So that he gets up on the handle. Uh, yeah, exactly. I love doing it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm kidding. And then I unlock it and then he reaches down to lock. I lock it again. Uh, well, it's sort of like the uh,
2: in The Sims when people would build the rooms with no bathroom or doors and just
0: right, kill people in. Right. <laughs> the pool with no ladder, for instance. Yeah. Oh, speaking of locking McMaster out, uh, it looks like we've lost him from this podcast. I was going to say, I think he's gone. <laughs> well, that'll, uh, that'll teach him. Uh, let's see, McMaster, have we lost you?
1: He had sent a message saying, did everyone stop talking? And I said, no, Nick's talking. But I didn't want to interrupt.
0: All right. Well, I guess uh, when he gets Internet out there where he lives, he'll be able to join the podcast. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hold on. Let me uh, – I'm going to have to do some editing then. Let me – No way, man. Just
2: leave this in. <laughs> That's what we do.
0: Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's go on to uh, Brandon. Brandon, tell us about your January. Um, well, can I my January. Point, by the way, what your January is? Yeah, absolutely. My Chil- uh, oh, you can. Children's toys. Is that your January? Little It's funny. Creatures.
1: Yeah. It's it's funny you should say that because I am in the process of unpacking all of the Transformers and Lego sets. And uh, Transformer Lego sets, because, yes, they have those, that I packed away a year ago uh, when we were getting our house ready to put on the market. So I, I, I spent my, my Christmas break putting together shelves from Ikea, and now I'm unpacking all of my Transformers. And it's like it's like being reunited with all of my friends. But what but, about
0: your Skylanders? But, in,
1: and yes, I, in, in addition to that, uh, I have been playing... Uh, Skylanders Swap Force, um, yeah, and I'm also. Were they going packed to, away, or did they? Uh, were they, were no, they? No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. The Skylanders from <laughs> Skylanders Giants—they've been out for a while.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they've been—they're on my DVD cabinet. Uh, that's filled with crappy movies like Elysium that I'm not supposed to like. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I also—I also going to—I'm going to watch Prisoners. Should I not like that ahead of time? Yeah, yeah, don't like prisoners. Prisoners is pretty awful. I don't like prisoners ahead.
0: Uh, a lot of people like prisoners. Some people like Elysium. So whatever. But uh, you'll probably, yeah, you might like prisoners. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, <laughs> if that's your deal, you, you have no, you have no taste. You,
1: you're, you'll <laughs> probably love it just fine. Uh, <laughs> you'll love it.
0: Hey, you know what? For a guy who who has a lot of Transformer toys sitting around, I'm sure you know, it'd be right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Crazy. So uh, Swap Force, why haven't you played Swap Force up to now? What's going on that you had Swap Force? um
1: I waited. I wanted to wait until the last two swappers. The uh, so, oh, right. so you needed a yeah, digger so,
0: and a sneaker to be able to access well, the doors.
1: Yeah, I mean they already had a digger out, but they didn't have a rock swapper. So if you came across like an elemental gate that was like half rock and half something else, unless right. I wanted to like
0: right do as a, as a co-op we, thing. About that. Right, exactly. There was a way around that, but you were obviously wanted to wait and do it the right way, like do it ethically.
1: Right, and I only have one controller, so I wouldn't have been able to do that anyway. So,
0: wait, what? You only have one have on PS4, controller? So. Oh, oh, I see. Fair enough.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. All right. So, so you've been, and you plan on getting more into uh, Swap Force? How are, how are you? Finding I, well, I've
1: it? been playing it. I picked up the last two swappers right before the new year, and so I've been playing it um, pretty steadily um, ever since then. Um, and uh, I tried to pull a rob. I tried to try to be like Rob the other night and say right, I'm just going to pick these three guys, you know, and I'm just going to, you know, just go through the level and whatever happens, I'll just use these three guys. But then I was getting so like worked up that like, well, these guys they're not getting experience and they're not getting money and I got to get their powers leveled up. And then I came across a gate I couldn't know that I just I couldn't do it. I just I couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't just take this like like laissez faire. Oh, whatever happens happens. It's cool. I, no, I can't. I'm just like I bought these. I just.
0: <laughs> just i could not do it um and, uh, and, and so so who are you using most of the time or there's not even it's not even that simple you're just all over the place with your uh skylanders
1: it's yeah it's 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 all over the place i the only one i did just buy riptide who's awesome he is, like, this fish guy, and he uses, like, fish as weapons. So he's kind of like Aquaman, but imagine if, like, Aquaman pulled a killer whale out of his back like,
3: pocket. D- isn't and like, there, like, an orange robot or something,
0: too? Isn't there, like, an orange robot? McMaster, yeah, really- you just <laughs> described an entire elemental wing of of yeah. the Skylanders. Yeah, no, no, no,
3: involved in R- Riptide, I mean. Nobody, never mind. No. Move on. Move on. You're so cute when you try to talk Skylanders. That's just adorable. No, dude, it was a 1980s television reference. Move on. Move on.
1: Wow. Oh, Riptide. Oh, my God. That show was terrible. Are you st- right. That's a- that show <sighs> was awful. Yes, there was an Orange Robot. That's why nobody got it, because that show was horrible. <laughs> Although my wife probably loved it, because she watched it with Simon and Simon and... Uh,
3: Oh,
1: well, everybody, you had to watch it with Simon and Simon. That was yeah. the power hour. Rip, rip oh, time and, and Simon and Simon and Simon. Right? That was like must-see TV back then. No, 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 See, here's the thing, though. That's, that's what the split was. You were either a CBS kid or you were an NBC kid. So you were either watching, like, The Cosby Show, Family Ties, Cheers, Night Court, right into L.A. Law. That's three hours of awesome television. Or you were watching some jackasses on a boat with their chinchy-ass yellow robot. You can do saying.
3: both with syndication. I, I don't they see did. what the problem is here.
1: They had a giant pink Whatever. helicopter.
3: Yeah, I
2: don't know what your
1: problem Oh my is. gosh, you're right, they did.
2: <laughs>
3: that, that's awesome. Are you kidding I, I, me? I watched a lot of Cosby show, too, and of course Night Court. I mean, Mel Torme. You
1: can't not watch Night Court. Anyway, Obvious. Tom, uh, sorry, we're getting... Uh, uh, Riptide is in Skylanders, and he's cool because he hits <laughs> dudes with the whales. And then he, like, uses a swordfish as, like, a like a light attack, like a rapier. And then he pulls out a hammerhead shark and uses, it like, a club.
0: Oh, right. No, it's- I do have him. He can either swap between the two types of fish. Yeah, I yeah. totally
1: have Riptide. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Because I'm not a big fan of Washbuckler. I don't know why, but I think he kind of sucks. So I just needed a new water type. So mm-hmm. I got him.
0: Um, now, how do you play? Do you play this with a ch- accompanied by a child or solo? <laughs> God, no. Why
1: would I want them... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is just gonna screw up my
3: experience. He's got a valid point. I don't know why you'd even ask a question that stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be all like, "No, come on, dude, over here, over." You see, I used to play Giants with my son, and he would just like pop off powers like it's like he would do. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "Come on, we gotta, we gotta go over, we gotta come over here. Come on, just come on." Okay, come on. And it gets to a point where the little the fatherly veneer just falls off, and you're like, dude, I will straight up murder you if you hit that button one more time.
3: <laughs> you know, it's, so, Sarah got mad at me once because I made a kid cry, cry doing stuff. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I can't play with children either. So I'm, I can't play with most adults. Like, we well, we'll play,
0: play, we'll Lego play other stuff. Yeah. But just not Skyrangers. It's I mean, important. The-
1: Well, the thing is again, I only have one controller and I'm too selfish to be Ah. like, Yes, you go ahead and play while I sit here and watch while all the money plastic that I've made Yeah. No, that's not gonna happen. Well I have I'm sure uh, over the summer, like when I'm at work and he's at home, like if he wants to play it, I'm sure he'll play it. But like right now, uh, it hasn't it hasn't happened.
0: uh, I have a table full of Skylanders here. They sit there in in the the living room in front of the T V. It's a little like end table. And at last count there was something like forty five of them out there uh, really? s- several of them were mine but uh, <laughs> I, my friend I, I, so I live with my, my, my buddy and uh, his, his he has a nine year old son who's here half the time and I love having this kid around and he I accidentally totally got him hooked on Skylanders I didn't mean to I was going to show it to him <laughs> Poor Dingus. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <But> so, <laughs> I didn't mean to get him hooked on crack. I
1: was just like, hey, check out these awesome figures. They it was cool totally things.
0: like that. And I was trying to sort of yeah. introduce them with caveats. And, and yet, like saying, your, you know, your friend was like, thanks,
1: man. That's awesome.
0: I, well, here's the thing. I was trying to introduce him, the, these Skylanders, in the context of, you know, these are sort of collectibles, and they'll really want to try to hook you, but hold out. Don't don't fall for that. I'm above that. You should be, too. Like, I would teach him how to resist that kind of marketing. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and that was my intent, uh, but it somehow didn't work. And so he ended up asking for a lot of them for Christmas, using some of his Christmas money to buy some. So the Skylanders were basically multiplied. And it's kind of like when you move in with someone and you all keep your DVDs together and then you eventually lose track of whose copy this is of of uh, Elysium, say, versus whose copy <laughs> this is of District 9. You're like, wait, or who's Flanders. this? nurse? Yeah, Uh, So there's a bunch of Skylanders out there, and only like half of them are mine. Uh, But the thing is, the reason I can't play with a child anymore when it comes to Skylanders, Brandon, is because it's it's like you're talking about your son. He's terrible at Skylanders because he just wants to play the same basic arena over and over and over again, even though I got three stars on that stupid thing back in November when I first got the game. He's not earning us any Portal Master rank. Damn. He's not optimizing his, his uh, experience build. point gain. He's certainly not optimizing his build. I, he goes in there because there's a point when you're Skylanders where you have to pick one of two paths. And he, when I go in there, it's agonizing. I carefully weigh, you know, how does this mm-hmm. fit in with my other Skylanders? <laughs> what sort of priorities do I want? Will this guy be a support role? Will he be more of a, a main frontline brawler? I have to consider all that. And he just sort of looks at the pictures and clicks on one of them.
1: And I, I, I cannot, I, that's, that's what I do. I just go, "Oh my God, he can hit a dude with a fish," and then I, I don't, I don't, I don't give a roll to
0: it. I can to be honest. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I just can't. I, I just that. So I, I have not been playing any Skylanders, but that said, a lot of Skylanders gets played in this house. So uh, yeah, just not me. I'm really, really enjoying it. I think it, it's it, it's fantastic. And the thing is, I this is this was my first exposure to it, so I can't really speak to whether. You know, like you, uh, how how far it's come since Giants and since the original Skyline. I think it's come incredible. I think it's come yeah. like really well, far. Would, from one really to two is
3: a huge jump, and I, I haven't played the new one, so uh, yeah, I can't even imagine.
0: Well, McMaster, maybe if you didn't spend so much time on League of Legends. Uh,
3: yeah, I'm sorry, I can't play with my getting the van children's toys. Uh.
0: <laughs> oh, you had to go and make it dirty, didn't you, McMaster? <laughs>
3: so no, you made it dirty. All right. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, McMaster, tell us about your January.
3: <clears throat> uh, League of Legends.
0: I knew it. All right, well, we can move on then. Let me talk to you guys. Well, uh, oh, hold on. One more thing. I am
1: yes. going to play... I am going to crack open Assassin's Creed Black Flag in January at some point. Wait,
3: you haven't played that yet? Ugh. That's a great game. You'll love it. No,
1: I've been... What? what I played, I played like, I played the full Ratchet and Clank, but whatever, into the Nexus. I played uh, Walking Dead episode, season two, episode one. I played that twice because it broke on me. Uh, I played, I finished, I 100%, 100%ed GTA Five. That's 100%. Thank you.
0: Yeah, but a lot of that was cheating with your friend Petey. We've all no, heard you no, 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 there, yes, no,
1: yes, yes. no. <laughs> that's not cheating. Getting all those flying it's under P. those bridges, <laughs> flying, <laughs> flying under those bridges, and all that—that that was all me. That was uh, all and you're me. You're
0: playing on your PS4, uh, Black Flag.
1: I'm playing Skylanders, and yeah, yeah, I'm playing Black Flag. So I'll be able to do all the all the the busy work uh, on via remote play. That's my plan. <laughs>
0: You are going to enjoy that. I look forward to hearing about uh, your experience with that. So, have you started that yet? Or
1: no, okay. no. All, all I've done is put the disc in so that it, it installs,
0: you know, whatever it had to, so I can just start playing it. That, by the way, is the first step in any great video game: is putting the disc in, <laughs> just to, yeah, and let
3: it, <laughs> letting it install. Nowadays,
0: uh, I just should warn you. By the way, all the storyline stuff in that is so stupid. Um, I you know, no to all
1: the other Assassin's Creed games, yeah.
0: the of the literary art. You would just expect they would get better, and they don't. Well, to be fair, they're looking What's little wrong, like, Tom? You didn't get your medicines? <laughs> well, their front-end stuff, like that that anima stuff, is is finally good. Like that stuff. Yeah. Is, but all the stuff about Edward Kenway, that guy's such a, a doofus. Uh, yeah, but, can't so, be worse than the last guy. Um, yeah, I think he is. Seriously? Wow. He's worse yeah.
1: than Connor? Connor had,
0: like, all the personality of a log. Yeah, but at least Connor had some cool backstory, even if he never lived up to it. This guy doesn't even have that. This guy's motivated... He's a pirate. He doesn't need backstory. Exactly. Mm, But he's not, though. He's an assassin. No, he stole an assassin's stuff. Well, spoiler, he becomes an assassin. Hello. (gasps) Uh,
1: (laughs) You ruined it for me. Now I don't even need to play it. (laughs)
0: Uh, and his backstory—that you know, that his haunting—because they all—he's got a haunted past. I, I should—I don't want to spoil specifically what it is, but his haunted past so lame. Just so he you shouldn't know. have a haunted past. He should no, just be like, you know what? I like sailing and stealing things. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he's, no he's got a haunted past and 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 a, and a tormented soul. He's got both of those. Yeah, uh, does he
1: have a heart of gold? Uh,
0: at times, yes. Yeah. Okay. I um, He's searching for just one. be like I like wenches and women and wine. To be true to piracy, you're right. That would that's all you need. But nope, Ubisoft can't leave well enough alone. They give him a haunted past and a tormented soul. So, <laughs> mm. all right, McArthur, tell us about your January besides League of Legends. Anything else? Because League of Legends, I understand you you spend a lot of time with that. You may not have time for other games.
3: Uh, there's always other games. Um, I don't know. You know, I've got a lot of stuff, so it's kind of like. What do I play? Right. Uh, I have uh, I have Daisy, Seven Days to Die, Cube World, Starbound, uh, NBA 2K, all the Day One stuff. So Dead Rising, Forza, and Rise. I have Lego Marvel, Battlefield 4 on PC and on uh, Xbox because uh why not? And
1: um, yeah, so I don't. I don't even really know. I don't think you, you can, have time for League of Legends anymore. You can skip Lego Marvel. That game has zero personality. Wow, Brandon, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I thought it was just me. No, it's just really. Like Lego Batman 2. Holy crap! Yeah. yeah why I don't
3: didn't you know guys
0: it. tell me? <sighs> well, and compared did. to, I mean, Brandon doesn't. Brandon doesn't know this, but also compared to Lego City Undercover, like.
3: Uh, yeah. I like Lego City Undercover. I have it too, so I guess I should play it as well.
0: I had such high hopes for Lego Marvel, and it really does. Like what Brandon just said, it's it's this soulless, weird cash-in. There's none of the game design smarts in Batman 2 or Lego City Undercover. I, I just don't get what went wrong
1: there. Um, yeah, I was really surprised. I started playing it because I was like, okay, sweet. I, I knew that the Vita version was not the same as the PS4 version, so I thought, well, I'll just play the PS4 version and just do the remote play thing. And I got like, I don't know, four or five levels into it, four levels into it. And I just, I stopped playing it because I started playing Guacamele on the Vita. And then I got done with it. And I was like, I really don't care. And I just never played it again. And yeah. it's just, it's soulless. It just seems really weird. It's, I don't know if it's just that the Marvel stuff to me isn't as compelling as, as DC stuff
0: or what, but it just, I don't know. Well, so McMaster, we've knocked that off your list. What else can we help knock <laughs> off your list?
3: <laughs> uh let's see god i don't know is there anything I'm you even... were
1: really looking forward to playing and we could tell you how it sh- that shit sh- what is what, what 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 game is the <laughs> elysium of your collection <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: the only thing i can uh think of otherwise that i haven't mentioned that i'm uh looking forward to playing as a uh, wasteland 2 what oh
0: well, so am i that's a kickstarter thing that's not going to be out until forever right Except unless
3: you kick-started it like a boss
0: but so it's another early access thing where you're playing a game that somebody hasn't finished yet that kind of first deal?
3: yeah it's well it's like the entire first half of it though so
0: it's it's actually pretty huge mm, I'm gonna wait for him to finish I, I think I just I mean elitist I, well like I said to Nick you know bless y'all's hearts for doing these early access things but I just feel like there's too many finished games to, to bother with stuff that's not even done yet. Uh, and I'm intrigued le- listening to people talk about them. Uh, there's certainly early access stuff that I'm tempted to jump into, like Starbound. Sounds awesome. Uh, but I'm patient and I've got other it's, things to do. I'll wait for him to finish it.
3: Starbound is probably one of the more uh, interesting ones. I like Starbound a lot. Um, Seven Days to Die I like a lot as well, but it is ridiculously difficult.
0: Right. right. Ugh. And it's also incomplete. Oh, yes. It's quite incomplete. I mean, it's No Day <laughs> By the way, I guess this is, a, this is a good time now to do this. Uh, let's read some reader mail that we've been getting. Uh, Dear Quarter to Three, I've been listening to the podcast since 2009. I really like Tom's sexy voice. However, please ask Jason McMaster to stop playing League of Legends and to spend more time with Guild Wars 2. Keep up the good work. Norma McGillicuddy. Woodbury, New York. Oh, There's another one. Let's open this one here. Hold on, I'm opening this.
3: Well, oh, is this hermetically sealed?
0: <laughs> no, no, in
3: a uh, uh, beautiful downtown Burbank? All right, <laughs> here gonna we
0: go. <laughs> Hello, quarter to three podcast. I just want to say you make my morning commute to the office much easier. I wish you did a podcast every day. Also, I think Tom's review of Deus Ex was spot on. But... Right- <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says, right here. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm writing to ask uh, you to please tell McMaster that he should remind listeners how Tom beat him every time he played <laughs> Age of Empires Three. III. Signed, uh, not every time. Well, that's what this guy remembers. Signed, uh, <laughs> Dwayne DuPont, Owls Bend, Nebraska. There you go. Oh, there? Is,
1: where is Dwayne commuting to? I don't I don't know. Know. You'll have to write books. fight <laughs> like, us With back. The chicken home. processing plant. Okay, we'll wait. another one here.
3: You know, speaking of Age of Empires, Tom, Age of Empires 2 HD, I think it has built-in streaming capability. I think people uh, uh, want to see us fight it out.
0: All right, readers, uh, write in. Let us know wait, wait, if you think we should do that. Here's, here's another mail we got. Uh, hey, guys, your podcast helped me through a very difficult time in my life when I thought I was going to stop playing video games. Thanks for that and especially thanks to Tom Chick oh, uh, for not limiting his reviews to the 7 to 9 scale. Also, please tell McMaster that he should play Marvel Heroes with Tom and that he should totally choose a ranged character to help Tom level up Wolverine. Best regards, Daggered Pit, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Oh, okay, cool, yeah. There oh, you wow.
0: go. That, that's some some mail. If you want to write to us, uh, the address is one two two four Wilshire Boulevard, Suite two hundred. That's our office, uh, Beverly Hills, California nine zero two one zero. There you go. Um, Well, the readers Luke. have spoken. Yeah,
3: yeah, they really have. They really have.
0: Uh, who's uh, who here has played Marvel Heroes lately? Crickets. Hmm. How about that? That? <laughs> that guy. That guy in Chicago. He may have played it. Was. it... <laughs> He
1: lives precariously through Tom's podcast. Oh, <laughs> you're right. My bad.
2: Was he in Bent Hanger, Oklahoma?
0: <laughs> That's not a real place, Nick. Everybody knows that. Please. <laughs> uh, I I have been so – I'm in a, a very weird place right now where I kind of just don't want to play any video games. Uh, maybe I'm burned out or whatever, but I'm so into playing, like, board games. I want tactical tabletop stuff. You know, tactile. I mean, not tactical. Tactical. I'm, I'm <laughs> in enjoying- rolling dice, moving pieces, having things spread out on the tabletop. Uh, and so the only video game I've been doing is, is uh, just jumping into Marvel Heroes a little bit uh, and some Rayman Legends, which, by the way, I'm using for the force of good. I'm trying to steer my friend's son away from Skylanders into Rayman Legends. and I believe So you
3: can keep his toys?
0: Uh, that might be a byproduct of that, but I'll <laughs> appreciate some of the finer platformers that are out there. Oh, uh, So we've been doing some of that. Uh, But for the most part, I've just been more than happy to not boot up a console system or uh, a computer and to just do some tabletop stuff. Uh, And specifically, there's a a game that just came out from a Kickstarter made by a fellow named Martin Wallace. Uh, Wallace has been around forever. I think he's a British fellow. Uh, His most recent game, I believe, was called A Few Acres of Snow, and it was a deck builder. And if I tell you what this deck builder is about, the the subject matter – I can guarantee you will fall asleep before I finish saying the sentence. You ready? I'm asleep already. See? Yeah, See, we're exactly. We're gonna pants you. This is pants me? What does that mean? Is that like a wedgie? No, just go on. <laughs> uh, two <Three laughs> acres of snow is about the French and Indian Wars. Yeah, no, I know
1: what it oh. is actually.
0: In Canada in, in uh, places. Yeah. Uh,
1: Wait, they have wars in Canada? They're so nice. They, they don't do they anymore. Fight with? Yeah, they don't oh, okay. ignore it.
0: They, Yeah, they technically – were they even Canada? Then they were colonies at that point. Uh, and then, then France – it's not even like France won, by the way. It's like England just decided, eh, okay, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And France didn't even care that much. Like they weren't really funneling resources. So Canada is just kind of like leftover – I mean, no offense to Canadians, but historically speaking, Canada is just kind of like colonial leftovers that nobody else wanted. So France got a lot of it.
1: Um England was like, you can have it Francis is like oh oh no okay, yeah, well uh oh, shit fine okay enjoy Quebec it's uh it's nice and warm there right and he was like yes beautiful very eh? much so
0: Brandon, that right there is pretty much exactly how it went, yeah, uh, but with a little more history stuff in there. Um, Kate, Kate Beaton's from
1: Canada, so uh,
0: I don't know who you have for Canadians. Kate she's Beaton? A,
1: yeah. A, Kate Beaton, she's a web cartoonist. You would love Harka Vagrant. She does all these, like, awesome she's genius, historical yeah. and, and uh, literature-based uh, cartoons. She's yeah, fantastic. I
0: don't, I don't really read a lot of comic books, I'm afraid, though. I, these, I conf- are, these are comic ships.
1: These, but they're awesome. They're very Yeah, good. you'd love them.
0: Well, Canada's yeah. given yeah. us other things, like Paul Schaefer and Alex Trebek. Shatner is from Canada. So Canada's had a huge cultural impact on the rest of the world, no one can deny Drake. Uh, Drake? Oh, Drake, yeah. He's, he yeah, started from go. the bottom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now he's here. Did I see some? And it's given us the board game A Few Acres of Snow, because Mark Wallace was originally going to make this about, no lie, uh, spaceships. It was originally going to be a science fiction game, and at some point in the process, he's like, no, let's set this in the colonies in the 18th century and and make it about the French and Indian Wars.
1: Uh, I bet somebody (laughs) told him that um, it doesn't snow in space. That we know of. Um, (laughs) In space, nobody can hear you, snow.
3: Well, yeah, you couldn't tell anybody about it because, you know.
0: So in, uh, instead of, for, for his latest game, instead of this Canadian theming, the historical stuff, uh, the theme is based on, speaking of comic books, you guys should appreciate this, uh, it's based on a short story. I don't think he drew pictures for it, so it's not a comic book, but it's based on a short story by a fellow named Neil Gaiman, uh, called, Oh yeah. A Study in Emerald. And A Study in Emerald, now this will wake you up. If you fell asleep when I said the words French and Indian Wars, this will wake you up. A Study in Emerald is about, uh, Sherlock Holmes fighting Cthulhu.
3: Nice oh yeah, game. I heard about this game. I read about this the other day.
0: And it, it's uh, so it was a Kickstarter. Martin Wallace just, uh, he started his own company. They're self-publishing it, I believe. Uh, after years of working for other publishers, I think he has the right idea. Let's let me do my own game. I don't need a middleman. I'll do it myself. So he kickstarted it. His own company, Tree Frog Games, has published it, uh, and it can be a little hard to find. But if you can find it, I, I heartily recommend it. Uh, so the subject matter, that it uses some of the same mechanics as A Few Acres of Snow. And again, don't fall asleep if I explain the, the basic gameplay. But A Few Acres of Snow is a is a deck builder where you start out with crappy cards, and as you're playing, you're getting more powerful cards into your deck, and you're cycling them. But unlike a lot of deck builders, which are games like uh, Dominions or Ascension, um, A Few Acres of Snow has this map that you're you're jockeying for position against the other guy's Uh, map
3: i I was going to ask you about that because i I, like all the pictures i've seen of it it looks like an actual you know strategical like
0: board game and it 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 definitely looks like that but it's very much a deck builder where the board is kind of a support structure it just gives things (laughs) a little more context It, it basically is there so that your head isn't entirely in a hand of cards and I really like the balance that he, he creates there. Is Because when you play Ascension or Dominions, you're just looking at cards. But when you play A Few Acres of Snow, it's got that same gameplay where you're dealing with the cards, but you're also looking at a map and you're trying to, to move here and you're waiting to see if he's going to move there. And you feel like, okay, maybe I can outmaneuver <coughs> him and go over here. Um,
3: uh, so it, uh, nothing against like that guy or the, the game, but good lord, looking at it, it would have to turn a lot of people off. just a subject matter and seeing that board.
0: A few acres of snow, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, uh, and and the thing is that that game had been out for over a year, and I kept hearing yeah. how brilliant it was, and that it was awesome, and that it was an amazing design. And I would look at it and think, okay, that may be true, but I don't want to play a game about the war. <laughs> exactly,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I what I thought every time I looked at that game, because it's definitely way up there on Board Game Geeks list. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the, uh, and uh, it's also two-player and only two-player. Uh, so if you ever got three friends, if you're ever sitting down with two of your other buddies, you can't play A Few Acres of Snow unless you send one of your buddies off to play a video game or something. Uh, so it's kind of limited in that sense. But for me now, the biggest problem with A Few Acres of Snow, you know, if you're in it for the subject matter – God bless you. Have a great time. Knock yourself out. But the problem now with A Few Acres of Snow is I kind of feel like it's been rendered all but obsolete by this latest game, A Study in Emerald, where, you know, you just say Sherlock Holmes versus Cthulhu. That's a big hook there. But when you lay out the board for this, and again, it's the same thing. It's just, uh, you know, there's more jockeying for position. You move some agents around, and there are different cities you're trying to control, but it's mainly a context for this deck building. Uh, But the board is this really cool... um, Sort of abstract layout of Europe, but it's been overrun by Cthulhu. The the conceit is that it's in Victorian era Europe, and it's got America over there on the cover, so that's part of it. But Cthulhu, like the servants of Cthulhu, have been running the world for hundreds of years. But now that it's the Industrial Revolution, and now that there's more social conscientiousness coming out, and there's anarchists running around, some humans are rising up to try to throw off the yoke of Cthulhu's servants. So the players are secretly divided between the people who are loyal to the forces of Cthulhu, who basically want him to stay in power and want to uh, uh, open a gate and destroy the entire world – those are the loyalists – some of the players are those, and the other players are, are basically revolutionaries who want to rise up and throw off the forces of Cthulhu. And they include some historical, well, uh, fictional figures like Sherlock Holmes is always on the side of the revolutionaries, and Moriarty is a character on the side of the loyalists who's pro-Cthulhu. Uh, so a lot of the crazy stuff that goes on in the game is based on which players are on which faction. Um, and therefore it supports, you can play it with two players, but it supports up to five players easily. And um, and I, I just love the theming. I love how it does all of the few acres of snow stuff with the deck building, how it, it plays with that. Uh, and I love how there are things in this game. When, when you play the game, it comes with something like 100 cards. And there are 12 cities on the board. And you randomly deal four cards into each city box. And those are the cards that will come up during the course of the game. So f- that means... Well, actually, there's 60. But at any rate, what that means is that a lot of the cards will never come into play in any given game. And many of the cards are unique. There's only one of them. So, for instance, there's a zombie apocalypse card where one of the players, if he picks it up, he can basically research zombies and start sending them out into the world. And they'll take over cities and they'll kill other people. And they can eventually overrun the world and win the game for the zombie player. Uh, but that, that card may not be in the deck when you play. Uh, there's a vampire card where you can turn your agents into invulnerable vampires. Nothing in this game, nothing, i repeat, nothing can kill a vampire. A zombie cannot kill a vampire. A Shoggoth, which is a creature from, from Lovecraft, which is basically this huge, enormous mass of protoplasm with eyeballs in it and mouths that can consume anything. A Shoggoth can't kill a vampire so what? that i know that sounds know. like a load
3: of shit to me
0: it's not realistic the game does take some creative license fair enough <laughs> 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 but but the, it you know it, it's some of these cards basically break the game and, and turn it into a completely different type of game and, and i love that about it um So I've been playing that some, and I've been playing that with some of my friends, but I haven't been able to get a full five-player game going, uh, and I wanted to see how it played with with the dynamics of that many players in the game. So I did something just last night, actually, that I've never done before, that I was a little worried about. I did it with some trepidation, but I took my copy of A Study of Emerald, my, my precious copy, down to a local gaming store that has an open board gaming night. I'd wow. never been to this before. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, I called before, and I said to the guy, you know, what if I brought my own game down? How do I – do I have to sign up or something? And he was like, no, just come on down. I was like, well, do I need to – you know, should I, should I build a, a sign for a booth or what? Like, how do I start a game? <laughs> build a sign. Well, that's nerd. what I How did you know? <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. and And he was just like, no, just come on down. I
1: see Tom with like the sandwich board sign. <laughs> <laughs> Look at like Horshack.
0: I, I was thinking more like, a, like a, uh, I was thinking more like a Lucy from Peanuts. You know, the doctor is in thing, but instead there would be a sign saying "Over here for a study and in, in, uh, study an emerald."
3: Uh, would so you be I, sitting there with your head in your hand, like looking a little
0: frowning? Yeah, yeah, just waiting for people to show up and ask. Oh, okay. And then I would uh, say hey, 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 over you, this way.
1: Do, do you like do you like Cthulhu? Cthulhu? Do you no. hey oh never okay? At least I would pronounce it right. <laughs> 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 we don't know how it's actually pronounced. I mean, he's,
2: hey, he's hey bef- before and you from, come from, here, from, can you can you read this short story by Neil Gaiman?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I have not I have not read the short story and in a way I don't care to. Everything I need to know about Sherlock Holmes vs. Cthulhu I've learned from a study in Emerald the Game. I don't need to read the Nick, the Neil Gaiman short story. N- N- the Nick
2: Gaiman one. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. I think I like it. It's a, it's actually free on the web. Wait, you've read it? Yeah, nerd. It's it's free on the web, and it, <laughs> if you look it up, it's actually uh, printed in the PDF as if it were uh, out of a Victorian newspaper. Oh.
3: Well, you're did. easily amused, right? No, no, I like. Why did you? How did you come
2: to this? Uh, it, well, actually, I looked it up back when the Kickstarter was going.
1: He heard about this oh. game night at this game store. And <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was just <this> big <laughs> dong there that was wearing a <laughs> sandwich board. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, is it
0: uh, is it long? N- no, uh, no, I, I think it's like uh, nine uh, ages or so. It's not very. Oh, oh, I could do that. I have a friend of mine who keeps trying to get me to read Stephen King, and I, every now and then I'll start, but St- that guy just didn't know when to stop. I'm not going to some freaking. I, lo- I, I Stephen love Stephen King. All right. Well, you can borrow. I've got. And I two- like Elysium. So what do I know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: No, you, nothing.
0: <laughs> so anyway, I drive down to this place. It's in Pasadena. i I'd, uh, I'd been there once before with a, a friend, and uh, so I kind of knew where it was, but I didn't know what their open gaming night was like. So I, I walked in there with my copy of Study in, of Emerald, and there were like maybe ten people there, and they were already clustered into their own groups, playing their own games. And I didn't know when if you
1: walked in. Did yeah. like? Did it, did it? get real quiet?
0: Did, like, like, <laughs> did the door jingle, and then it got like real quiet. <laughs> you know what? Even the music. <laughs> even worse, Brandon. Really, no one even noticed. It was like way worse than that. At least if it had gotten real quiet and people were like looking at me, like who's this guy? I could have sort of hefted the the game, the copy, of the game up a little bit to see if it got any reaction. Nobody even looked at me. So, so, so I just went to uh, uh, one of the tables, and I, I was kind of waiting to see if somebody's going to walk up to me and ask me you know what are you here for nobody did anything like that what are you doing here right or can we help you you know it was also a game store they're selling stuff their employees walking in the game stores they don't care about they they, they don't try to sell
1: yeah Yeah, you didn't walk in and say here i am tom chick yes that's the right that That that's tom chick Chick." right
0: (laughs) you may know me Mm -hmm. from the office I closed I, 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 I the door and I announced, do you know who I am? That was what I should have done. So do you I, know who the F I am? Uh, I wasn't going to cuss like that, McMaster. That would have been unseemly. Uh, so I, I walked over to a table and I just started as if – because I, I decided as I was walking to a table, like, well, I do I just turn around and leave? Is this not going to work? I mean, I just briefly got this – because also it was – I don't mean to be judgmental, but – they were totally nerds, and I'm a nerd too, but I... Oh, yeah. So there's a bunch of nerds in there, and I, I'm one of them, but I don't... I, whatever, I don't... I, so I, I, briefly <laughs> considered, I briefly considered, what are you doing? Get out of here. Just go home. Uh, but I decided, okay, I'm going to walk over to a table at least so that while I'm considering whether or not to leave, it looks like I know what I'm doing or I know where I'm going. I'm going to walk over to this table like that's where I mean to go. I'm not going to just sit here and look confused for too long. So I started walking to a table... And I got to the table and thought, well, now what? And thought, well, I'll start unpacking the game. I'll start taking it out of the box. So I'm pulling the pieces out of the box. I'm spreading the board out. And I decide to prominently sort of prop up the cover of the box. Because it has a picture of, of
4: uh,
0: a... <laughs> and they're, they're looking at like a dead, be monster laying around. and It, it kind of looks intriguing. So I think I'll sort of prop it up like a little display uh, kind of thing. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, did, did you, you know, bring some? Do you bring some skyline to put
1: around it just in case? <laughs> well, so it's covered in,
0: in <laughs> Pokemon art. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Brandon, Swashbuckler does look a little bit like Cthulhu. He does. He so is. I should have done that. But instead, I propped it up and uh, so that people could maybe ask what it is or see the name of it or something. And I'm, I'm taking the pieces out of the baggies and I'm setting the table up. And two nerds come over. They kind of sidle up to the table. But they don't do it like, I'm coming to see what this table is. They do it like, we're going to pretend we're waiting for something. But we're also going to stand sideways to this table and look at it. I could tell they were interested, but they were a little too shy to just come up full frontal. Um so
4: <laughs> I uh <laughs> sorry.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> Did you mean that uh <laughs> like a frontal assault McMaster not like uh, a Oh yeah. I'm not like the that one that right. <laughs> I, So uh I I said to them uh do you guys would if you guys would like to play them, I'm looking for folks for this uh and they said well what is it. So I started explaining it to them. And I started with – I led with the whole – it's Sherlock Holmes versus Cthulhu thing. And one of them was immediately like, oh, yeah, I've heard of this. So I kind of got the hook in there. And I was explaining it to them, and as I was unpacking the pieces, I was talking a little bit about some of the mechanics and some of the stuff that I liked about it. And I could tell they were a little intrigued, but for whatever reason, they weren't comfortable just like committing. It seemed like they wanted to stand there and see if they got a better offer. Uh, and, and meanwhile, more people are coming in, uh, and, and I've luckily positioned myself at a table. There were two ways in near the other entrance, which I thought was the far back table, but plenty of people were coming past my table. I managed to accidentally get a point with, uh, with good traffic. So plenty yeah. of people are coming by and while I'm explaining some of the mechanics, I managed to catch, uh, another fellow who kind of sidled up and he was listening to me talk to the other two dudes. And I saw that he was listening, so I said, you know, you're welcome to join us if you'd like. And he said to me, well, I don't, I don't play a lot of board games, but I like, I like Lovecraft. So I was like, okay, well, I've got him, you know, I've, I've got him on board. And so I'm explaining it to these three guys, and because the little Lovecraft fan is there, the other two shy nerds, I think, were uh, felt a little more comfortable paying more attention to it. And in the course of talking, another fella came up. So I had four dudes here as so I was explaining the game. Um, and eventually one of them said, and I knew this was a little breaking point, okay, let's give it a shot. And it was kind of like I would made it past whatever audition or whatever I needed to do to get them all <laughs> to commit. Um, so we sat down. I didn't know these guys from Adam. Uh, they never once used each other's names. Like I thought that was kind of weird because I, I don't even think they introduced themselves to each other. I was introducing them to each other, and I shook their hands. I said hello. i I remembered their names and was trying to talk to them that way and nobody ever used anybody else's name and i don't think they even knew each other um so i I ended up playing with these four guys uh i did the whole little tutorial where i explained the game to them um and uh it, it was great it ended up being awesome uh except for the little guy who just said i like lovecraft but i don't play a lot of board games the other three dudes total board gamers um I play with a, a group that's more casual, and as, when I explain a game to them, uh, as we're playing, every now and then I'll remind them of stuff that I had said in, in the explanation. Uh, when I would try to do that with these guys, they would kind of wave me off, like, yeah, we remembered, you told us that before. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, roll the dice, we get it. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing, when a new card would come out. Uh, a lot of times with my friends, when a new card comes out, I'll try to briefly explain in the context of the game what the card does. I was doing that with these guys, and they weren't listening to me. They would just read f- lean forward and read the card. <laughs> you know, they didn't want to listen to my uh, sort of encapsulated version of what it does. Um, so we had a great game. It was close. I lost. I had a great time, even though I lost. Um, and uh, and I-, I have to say, I would do it again. Uh, I-, I think I would definitely go back to the, uh, the little open board gaming night. The the thing is though in a situation like that like it was a really interesting just occasionally weird crowd Uh, I really (laughs) like the guys that we played don't say (laughs) well but like in a weird like (laughs) the the one that stood out for me and everybody kind of like accepted him nobody thought that he was weird but there was one old I mean he must have been like, like. 55 or 60 or something, a really old, overweight fella who I think must have been autistic because he was talking really loud. Um, and most of the time, there, there was no one around him. And he, he was clutching this worn copy of a game I hate called Lords of Waterdeep. It's a worker placement game that he obviously loved. It was bound up in masking tape. It was, uh, it was obviously well played. And he was mostly sitting alone at a table talking to himself. And, and later on, I would see other people come down and sit with him, and I don't know if he ever got a game going, but I, I was really curious about that guy. And Nobody asked him to – I mean, it, it seemed like he was a fixture of the place, and nobody's yeah. bothered by him or anything. Like, I would if I'd seen that guy in a Starbucks, I would have thought he was homeless. Um, right. Uh, so – and now here's the weird thing, and I don't – this is kind of gross, and I even hesitated whether to bring this up. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, a study in emerald is like, uh, I think if you get, it's like an eighty dollar game. It's not easy to find. Tree frog charges a premium for it, and I, I feel it's worth it. It's a, it's a great game. But I, I am very protective of my copy of it. Uh, I even did the really annoying thing. When we were playing, one of the guys had a, uh, his little bottle of water up on the table. And at one point I said, you know, I'm sorry to be that guy, but could I ask you to move the water to the edge of the table because I just don't want it to get knocked over. Uh, so I'm like that protective of it. Um, as we were putting the game up. Oh, and here's another note, by the way. Don't help me put my game up. I know exactly what baggies things go in. You're just screwing it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to say that. Uh, but as we were putting the game up. Oh, God. It's important, McMaster, because when you set the game up... No, you,
3: I actually understand. Yeah, Setup
0: time Ill. is important as to how you put it up. Um, so as we were putting the game up, I noticed that... This is so gross. Some of the cards felt kind of funny. Uh-huh, funny or... Like they were... I first thought, <laughs> I first thought they were, They were like, wet, Um Oh. And I was like, oh, God, what happened to my cards? So, was, And I didn't want to make a fuss while I was there. And it was one guy who – when I sh- this is gross, and I feel bad because he was – this guy was most interested, and he was the most socially graceful of the guys. He was talking to me and asking questions and trying to make conversation, and he was really attentive about the game. And even though he was losing the whole time, he was really into it. But when I shook his hand, he had this very limp kind of damp – handshake thing going mm-hmm. um, and it was his cards like the cards were kind of like gross so as soon as I got home I pulled out the cards and there was this kind of film on them oh, yeah. it was a deep one I, you know maybe you're right that is characteristic <laughs> of deep ones that might be that's why
3: that's true yeah that'll happen
0: so when I got home I spent and I, I don't mind doing this because I you know I love
1: it anyway do what a little I said, what gets out ectoplasm anyway? Like a little vinegar? A little vinegar or water? <laughs>
0: well let me a paper. Towel. I, I sat there with a dry I looked at it and I even I even Googled uh wet playing cards. Like to see people dry out the playing. But they weren't wet. It's just a little bit of a film on them. So I took a paper towel and I sat there and just to be safe, because he was shuffling them up with a bunch of the cards. I wipe oh. front and back every single one of my study and emerald cards down. I sat there listening. To Brandon, by the way, listening to you and Todd Bracky talk on jumping the shark. That's what I did listening to you guys last podcast. Is I was wiping down my study and emerald cards. Uh, <laughs> and I don't it- know
1: what was what was a what was a worse use of that hour, listening to us or wiping down those
0: cards. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? It's all part of caring about uh, a game. You know, I, I don't mind that maintenance, and I, and I love. I, I'm not the kind of guy who. I don't use card protectors. I don't mind if things get scuffed up. I love when I loan a book to someone if it gets loved on in a little rift. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I. No, that's important. Like when it shows that a book is loved, or when a game has been a lot. I have a game.
1: I, called- I don't like when people crack the
0: spines of my books. I draw the line at that. Uh, I think even that I'm okay with. As long as the pages don't start falling out. It's like if the book can stand it. And I would never do that to your book, Brandon, just so you know. Oh, but, I would. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't load it yeah, to
3: my Now he will. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm up in there.
1: So I was you happy. like, oh, is this any good? <laughs> Crack.
3: <laughs> <laughs> i just ripped
0: it in half. I'm part of the power team. Uh, <laughs> another thing, too, is when you're sitting there with a big group and you're playing a game like this uh, – and there were plenty of people who would come in and just sort of wander around the tables. And Because by the time the night was over, by the way, there were like 50 dudes there. This is apparently a very popular thing. It's at a store called Game Empire in Pasadena, um, and they do this on Wednesday nights. Uh, people would walk by the table, and they would look at it, and a lot of times they would say, oh, what is this? And I'm happy to answer that question, but I'm mainly there to play my game. So I, I felt a few times like, you know, please let me play my game. I'm, I'm here to teach this to these people. If you want, afterwards I'm happy to talk to you about it. But plenty of people would come by and and look at it. Um, One guy came up. So the game has all these little agents in it, and the agents—some of them are literary figures, like Watson is in it, Holmes is in it, Moriarty, of course. Uh, There are famous ones, like Sigmund Freud is in it. Um, Otto von Bismarck's an important character, but there are also lots of really obscure. Um, like secret police historical figures and anarchists and stuff and a lot of them are really weird either Prussian or Romanian or Russian names that heck if I know how to pronounce them and even in my small group we've come to a shorthand for some of them like one of them his name is we just call him Nicholas Kilbasa, and there's a guy there named a Sergey
4: Sergei, Sir, Sergei uh. <laughs>
0: that's not exactly how you say it one of them is a Sergei Nachos I don't think that's right um, so there's another guy in there it, go ahead sorry what
1: <laughs> no, i was gonna say the great russian mexican anarchist <laughs> sergey nachos
0: might be, might be i i have wikipedia some of these but uh, like uh, not all of them so there's one guy in there who i don't even begin to know how to say his name because it's got like some s's and g's and there's a, a v in there and uh, i would have no idea how to say it um so as we were playing, uh, one guy came up to the table, and he's like, oh, what is this? And I said, it's a study in Emerald, it's a Cthulhu versus Sherlock Holmes game, the guy who made a few acres of snow made it. Uh, and he sat there and watched us play for a little bit, and he said, oh, blah, blah. And he said the name of a of – a, he said some word that sounded like Klingon, and I was like, oh, what's that? And he pointed at this guy whose name I had no idea how to pronounce, and he said, oh, that's so-and-so. Uh, and, and actually, I wrote this down. He, uh, it's apparently pronounced Solgosh or something, but it's with C's and, and S's and Z's, whatever. Uh, and I was like, oh, how do you know who that is? And and he goes, uh, he's the guy who assassinated McKinley. And all five of us there at the table were just kind of like, like sort of nodded. And none of us wanted to admit that we actually weren't even sure who McKinley was. <laughs> <laughs> It was <laughs> the president, McKinley? He well, that's, uh, that's what I thought. I mean, I figured there was one, and I later looked uh, it up. Uh, come on, Mc, McMaster. And you said, where were you when McKinley died? <laughs> McMaster, how would you know? Come on, McMaster, tell me three things about McKinley. Go. He was a president. Okay, two more. He was assassinated by surgery nachos. He was assassinated <laughs> by <of> Okay, McMaster, <laughs> here's the moment of truth. You can now tell me one more thing about McKinley, Buster. Go. Oh, uh, Okay. Uh, he is dead. <laughs> Currently dead. <laughs> That's a subset, McMaster. That, to be fair, is a subset of the second thing you told me about McKinley. Um,
3: okay. Okay. Uh, he, uh, he was born in the 19th century. Damn, I think a McMaster woman. did it. McMaster
0: did it. <laughs> Very good. He, he was born of woman, yes. That's good. <laughs> I, I was pretty sure there was a President McKenzie, but I couldn't tell you the first thing. I even looked at it to be sure. Uh, I couldn't tell you the first thing he did. During, I mean, he, he was a president like up before World War II, after the Civil War. Nothing interesting happened in America during that time. So it kind of sucks. Between that. World War II and the Civil War? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's it was World War I. There wasn't a lot going on. So no. we had the Civil war. Been a lot of nothing until uh, – so here's his claim to fame is he presided over a war with Spain over Cuba. Who cares about that, right? See, I rest my case. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, at any rate, there's a, there's part of what I'll be doing in January. I've just been on a board gaming kick. Plan on playing a lot of a study in Emerald. I just got a really cool board game. It's a, like a worker placement economy game called. Uh, and here's a great title. This one won't make you fall asleep. Called Euphoria colon build a better dystopia. Huh?
3: Euphoric
0: euphoric colon no euphoria. <laughs> build- Uh, Looking forward to uh, getting a game called Robinson Crusoe, which I believe someone mentioned was not his game of the month at the head of this podcast. Uh, How do you know what Robinson Crusoe
2: is? Oh, because the uh, gentleman that uh, designed Robinson Crusoe is now doing the Witcher board game.
0: Exactly, right. Uh, And when can we play that, Nick? You posted something about that. I'm eager to play that. Uh, I think that's forever. (laughs) now. Uh, and yeah so there you go so you guys uh, can all come over to uh, my house and play board games oh you're snowed in in the rest of the country I'm sorry no we don't get snow in the south probably all your airports are now closed either because of snow or it's so cold that the airplanes have frozen to the runway right it's typically pretty cold in the D there's no doubt. <laughs> uh, all right so uh, there's January I do uh, in addition to doing a lot of board gaming uh, this this month I'm going to be doing and I don't you know this might drive away a lot of listeners but you know what Suck it. Uh, this stuff is important to me. I'm going to be uh, interviewing for board game designers later this month for the podcast. So I'm really psyched to talk to some of those folks. I just did a, a, a write up, which ended up being way longer than I meant it to be, for another solitaire board game called Navajo Wars. Uh, and I, I'll have the designer of that on the podcast next week, a fellow named Joel Toppin, who designed it. He said he. Uh, he basically, he's, I think he's from New Mexico, and he said he was raised, basically, in his community, there were a lot of Navajo, and he at some, uh, some point decided uh, that he wanted to, to make a game that was sort of unique to their historical experience, and that's Navajo Wars, and uh, I love that thing, and so I'm looking forward to talking to him next week. Uh, also, Martin Wallace, I'll be talking to him. He's the guy who made A Few Acres of Snow, and... Uh, uh, well, the, the rest remain to be seen, but those are coming up. So if you like board games, January is a great month for the quarter to three games podcast. Um, uh, all right, so there we go. Um, McMaster, uh, have you logged in to roll up your character yet in Marvel Heroes? Oh, yeah. i that right now. <laughs> Tell us a bit about the, the streaming that you plan on doing. Uh, is this something that folks can can go somewhere to watch you play games? Yes, uh, we, I have a
3: Twitch channel, twitch.tv, I believe it's forward space, JV Neckmaster.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh And, Brandon, where can folks go to listen to you and Todd Bracky talk about um, various things like Todd not liking his Xbox One? Oh, Does Todd uh, not like his you know. Xbox One? Todd doesn't like it. Todd, I, I, I never like listening to people talk about sports games because I don't know what the heck is going on, but I loved listening to Todd complain about micropayments and that NFA <laughs> <Yeah>. to <2000, laughs> whatever that yeah. was. Uh, um
1: it, you know, I don't I don't even know where I don't it, it's uh I it's, guess you can go to NoHighScores.com. High, scores. Know high scores. Com. There. hello
0: right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that you're still called Jumping the Shark. I mean, would, would that, was, did-
1: that was that was the reason is because if we if we changed the name, we lo- we would have lost all the shows because the way the way that Libsyn does the hosting is if we had changed ah. the name, we would have lost all the shows. Or I would I, I would have had to pay to host two different shows, one to keep the old ones around, and then one for the new one. Right. And right. I decided I didn't want to do that. So
0: fair enough. Um, and uh, Nick, where can we read your musings on news and current events? <clears throat> Google Plus. Oh, uh, <laughs> front page, quarter to three. Awesome. Good. Uh, so, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, happy January. Uh, let us know in the comment section, what are you doing with your January? It's a great time. It's a great month to just uh, play a lot of video games or board games, as the case may be. Uh, let us know what you're doing. And uh, join us next week uh, when we talk to Joel Toppin, the designer of uh, Navajo Wars. I'm Tom Chick on behalf of myself. Nick Diamond, Jason McMaster, and Brandon Krakowski Steele. Thanks for listening.